0: How's everybody doing this morning? I um I does anybody remember Jesse Owens? Who's that tiny little man from North Carolina that knows my dad well and preaches once or twice. We were in Northern Germany together once. And Jesse walked up to this really tall Northern Germans PS are not the warmest people in the world, God bless them. And Jesse, who is the warmest person in the world, walks up to this tall German guy and he goes, in English, he goes, it's me, Jesse, how you been? And the German guy looks at his wife and goes, what is the little man saying? Like he was just so lost. And I'm a little worried that that's who I am to a lot of you, because I've been like gone for 10 months and who do you care who your pastor's kids are? You know what I mean? So um, my name's Peter. And uh, I spent the last year in the UK doing a master's because uh, I'm a millennial, and um, I, uh, I'm very happy to be back. I'm, I'm a kind of theologian by trade, which is like a pastor that doesn't put up with people's problems, and, um, uh, which is why in, in some or another way I'm in theory licensed to preach. So I'm a little worried. I kind of walked up and I was like, I'm the coolest person in this Chinese restaurant, just expected all of you to know who I was, which I don't. Um, Uh, I guess the irony there is that what I'd like to talk about today is introductions. If this sermon had a title, I think it would be called How to Better Introduce the Holy Spirit to Your Friends at a Party, I think, which is uh, sort of stolen from an article by Don Miller called How to Better Introduce Your Friends at a Party, but we'll get to that later. Um, I, uh, I had a wonderful year, in case you were wondering. I was told um, by some people who love me very much, they sat me down one morning at breakfast, and they are like, look, you're kind of, you're a lot, you can be a lot. <laughs> and, uh, and, and you, you know, you like people, people sometimes like you. I said, yeah, yeah, okay. Like Brits, they're a lot like Northern Germans. They're not, they, they might not warm up to you so fast. I was like, Why? Is it it because they don't like me? No, it's it's nothing about you. It's just you know you might be there two or three months before you have friends. Praise God, that turned out not to be true. I was so nervous I was going to go over and it was going to be raining and cold and horrible, and I wasn't going to have any friends because they were all Brits and but that's not what panned out. I turned out to have a ton of friends. It was a wonderful time, and I went to the best church that I have ever been to. For a, ho- for a whole. <laughs> I, w- I, uh, I went to an Anglican church called Holy Trinity, but I've been keeping up with what's going on at City Church as much as you can on Vimeo. And as I understand it, what's been going on here just about all summer is a sermon series on life and the Spirit, which I personally think is the sermon series that kind of every church needs. Gabe talked about uh, emotional health, right? Like how those things we call the fruit of the Spirit, they might actually just be. Being emotionally healthy, and being emotionally healthy might just be being full of the spirit, if you think about it. Keith talked about the woman at the well, right? and how what God does for her isn't just for her, it's for her and her community. It's not just for me, it's for us. My dad's talked about the spirit and creation, and last week, about walking in the spirit. And I think this has been a really healthy time for a city church, at least from a couple thousand miles away. And I hope you've enjoyed it, although enjoy might not be the right word. But I don't, shut the door. I don't know if you know this, but people have been telling rumors about my very dear friend, the Holy Spirit. Now, maybe you've heard them, or maybe you haven't. It's whatever. But they're like going around, man. Like a while ago, somebody told me that the Spirit has like no personality, just like is more of a force or a gust of wind or like a melting cup of ice, just like anything but an actual person. Somebody else said basically to my face, like, the Holy Spirit, he doesn't work here anymore. Like, he, he left a while ago. Holy Spirit's not really up to stuff. Like, it's a nice thought, and it happened to somebody else, but the Holy Spirit isn't, like, working I I think some other people think that the Holy Spirit kind of like hazes you into Christianity. Like you show up and it makes you do stupid things in public in front of people that you would otherwise like. And then once it's satisfied with how much of a dope you look, like then you're allowed in. (laughs) Welcome in the door. Holy Spirit didn't do that to me. Just saying. And uh, I think there's also this thought that the Holy Spirit's kind of the popular girl in school who doesn't want to sit with you. You know what I mean? Like, the Holy Spirit sits with the super Christians, and at lunch they do, like, Bible trivia or something, but if you'd like to tell a joke or two or get to meet somebody new, like, you can't, she's not going to sit with you or whatever. Now, I, I think these are particularly dangerous rumors, and I think they're particularly dangerous because they sound, like, small and reasonable in one way. But I also think they're kind of enough to get in the way of us and the Holy Spirit. Just like, well, you know, the Holy Spirit really doesn't do anything anymore, so I'm probably not going to go looking for it. Or like, the Holy Spirit is for super Christians, and I'm not one of those, so I'm just not going to, no, no, no. But what I hope you've started to pick up through this sermon series is that the Holy Spirit is like too important to tell rumors about. I don't know if you've ever thought about this. I was a second year in college, I was sitting with my very dear friend, Ashley Kolbeck, in the library, and I just made this joke. Okay, it's not really a joke. When you're a pastor's kid, this counts as a joke. I said, the the disciples never get it until the Holy Spirit shows up. And that's where everybody laughs or whatever. (laughs) the disciples never get it till the Holy Spirit shows up. And I don't know why, but in this moment, just like all this stuff fell into place. Have you ever thought about this? Like the whole, okay. So Peter, for instance, we'll take Peter because he's got a big mouth on him and he's my namesake. Peter meets Jesus and he walks through him his whole life. And all he ever does is like say the wrong thing. And he's too full of himself and he doesn't know what's going on. And when anytime Jesus will do something, he's like, and then you're going to overthrow the Roman Empire, right? Like, this is the punchline of that's what I signed up for. I left my boutique fishing career to come here with you, and we're going to overthrow an empire. And then Jesus is about to die, and Peter's like, I'm never going to leave you. And then Jesus is a little closer to dying, and he's like, I am so out for this. And he just runs off. And then Jesus has to go hunt him down in the resurrection. And then after the resurrection, Jesus like, go sit in a room and wait for the Holy Spirit to show up. So it's not even like he does anything after Jesus is resurrected. And then the Holy Spirit shows up on the day of Pentecost in Acts 2. And finally, this guy's got something to say worth listening to. It's like, why isn't the resurrection enough? What, what like, what's that about? I think... If you want to talk about the work of Christ, how Christ is going to work in our lives, this is just me and a small biblical thought, but maybe the Holy Spirit is actually the punchline in the gospel. Like maybe that's where that shows up. So if you think the punchline in the gospel, it's like not so interested in me, it doesn't work anymore, it hurts, it's only for other people, I think you miss more than a little bit. So what I'd like to do is like reintroduce us all to the Holy Spirit. You know, like, this is my friend, the Holy Spirit. He's kind of everywhere at all times and all places, as the Book of Common Prayer says, so he's super easy to find. This is my friend, the Holy Spirit. When I thought about it, I didn't know what to say. So I looked up this blog post called How to Better Introduce Your Friends at Parties by uh, the guy Don Miller who wrote Blue Like Jazz. And here's what it said. I said, you know, everybody always introduces people with, like, what they do, you know what I mean? Like, this is Pete, he's a pastor. And then he gets these weird haircuts. Like, if he's introduced as a pastor to his hair cutter, they just assume all these things about him, and they're like, I guess we should give him a pastor's haircut. And like, maybe this is the one day in his life he's not wearing an earth tone suit and hush puppies, because that's like what pastors do. So, so, what if instead, my dad shows up at a party, and his friend goes, this is Pete. Pete's like always there for me. What if, what if instead of introducing what somebody does, you introduce like what they mean to you? I've got this friend named Morgan. She was an athlete at UVA. Athletes are terrifying, not least because I'm being stared at by like half the UVA wrestling team in the front row and they could just break my little neck. Although I'm pretty squirrely. Um, so, so I have this friend named Morgan and uh, if I introduced her for what she does, she, she was the goalie on the women's varsity soccer team, right? So she's like already cooler than me. I'm a NARP, which is a non-athletic regular person. And um, <laughs> NARPs exist on a lower, there's like athletes, NARPs, NARPs who majored in religion, right? Like I'm at the <laughs> bottom of the totem pole. And Morgan, I met her at this party and I was so scared because she's an athlete. But we sat down for a while, and she just kind of asked me questions about my life. I asked her questions about hers. I was like basically shaking the whole time. And over a while, we just found like we had a couple things in common, and I just realized she was like the funnest person I've ever met. She is vastly cooler than I am. Not least because I said grammatically correctly, vastly cooler than I am not vastly cooler than me, right? Like the round tortoiseshell glasses guy who's a grammar granny, he doesn't hang out with like the varsity athlete. But I gave her this nickname by the end of the night. I called her Supernova because she's a supernova of fun. So now when I introduce Morgan, I say, this is Morgan. She's a supernova. I think the Holy Spirit's kind of like that. Like you hear about him at first and he's kind of scary because he's cooler than you are, no offense. But when you get to know him, now you're the person that can introduce the Holy Spirit. This is my friend, the Holy Spirit. He's like a supernova of fun. In the same way that my friendship with Morgan went from fear to just getting to know each other a little bit, to my chance to introduce her to other people. She was actually in England. We met up. I got to introduce her to the Brits. This is Morgan, the American supernova. That's kind of what I think the Holy Spirit wants in a relationship with him. So, I thought it might also be useful to say to myself, how does Jesus introduce the Holy Spirit? Because, assumedly, they've known each other pretty well for a long time, at least since the beginning of the world. And so, in the middle of their relationship, somewhere around the year 30 AD, what does Jesus, how does Jesus introduce the Holy Spirit? Is he a supernova of fun? Is he God? Well, I think the answer is in John, the 14th chapter, verse 15. So, if you'd like to turn there with me. I didn't do that at sight. I did mark it beforehand with a piece of tape. Here's how John, the 14th chapter, verse 15 reads. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. That's really all I want to read. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you, and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. This little verse comes in what scholars call the farewell discourses in the Gospel of John. They're Jesus' kind of farewell to his disciples at at the Last Supper, And they take up a ton of time. John's the only person who records the conversation at this length. And as Jesus is about to die, as he's about to kind of culminate his life's work, he introduces his disciples to the Holy Spirit. And this is how he does it. If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. I think... That first line sounds like a lot of people I know. They love Jesus, and they want to follow his commands. There's this, like, on the one hand, there's the affective side. Like, I like Jesus. Like, Jesus is interesting, and I feel like he meets me in worship. And when I think about Jesus, I get, like, all the positive feels, you know? But then I kind of look at where I came from, and i don't have so much confidence in myself because before i met jesus i was a bit of a wreck and then i also look at how i like live my life in a day and i'm not actually so sure i'm doing so well at like following his commands like it sounds like who loves jesus everybody's hands go up who follows his commands We're like ah. <laughs> and we do this all the time we'll be like i'm not perfect but i'm a christian you know what i mean i think a lot of us live in this tension where we hear, I love Jesus, and we think that that somehow may be invalidated or it gets cut against by the fact that he also asks us to follow his commands. And if you're stuck there, that's probably no fun. But the next verse says, if you're there, I'm going to ask the Father, and he's going to send you another helper. Now I have like my graduate work in religious studies, so of course I'm like never happy to just let the translation be what it is. So do we have the Hartwig translation? I can't remember if I put it, there it is. I think a way that maybe brings forward the sense of the text in its original language would sound something a little bit more like this. If you love me, you'll keep my commands, and I will ask the Father and he'll give you another helper that he might be with you to the end of the age his name is the spirit of truth i will ask the father and he will give you another helper that he might be with you to the end of the age the spirit of truth the word for helper in greek is parakletos say it with me parakletos you're welcome the word para it means alongside And kleitos comes from the verb to call. It means very literally the one who is called to come alongside. That's what helper means. In the ancient world, it can also be somebody that um, is a legal aid in court, somebody that pleads your case. Jesus says that the Holy Spirit is a helper, the one who's called to be alongside. How does he know that? I think he might know it, because if you look at his life, ever since before he was born... The Spirit's been helping him out. Like before Jesus is even a happy thought, the Virgin Mary receives him by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit like literally, biologically, helps Jesus out before he even exists. And then... He goes, in, you know, goes into the desert where he's tempted by the devil, and the text tells us that he's led there by the Spirit. And then he comes back to town in the synagogue to tell everybody, like, I'm the Messiah, and he says, the Spirit of God is upon me to do this, that, and the other thing. And then he stands up on the mountain to give the um, Sermon on the Mount, and the Holy Spirit's all over that. And then he, like, heals people and kicks out demons and does all this crazy stuff, and it's like Holy Spirit all over the place. And then the Holy Spirit will lead him to the cross And the text says, the spirit of him who uh, resurrected Jesus from the dead, that's the spirit that's going to be in the church. The Holy Spirit's been helping Jesus like the whole time. And so when he says, I'm going to send you another helper, it's almost like he's passing on what he's got. Like the thing that helped Jesus be Jesus is going to help you be you. And he calls him another helper. There are two words for another in Greek. One means another of a different kind. This word, alos, means another of the same kind. You have two pairs, you have one pair, you have another pair. It's kind of what we're working with here. We're going to get a helper of the same kind that Jesus also is. I don't know how, like, cool or familiar you are with the Holy Spirit. Maybe the Holy Spirit is just, like, a totally new entity to you, Like, you haven't even been here for this Holy Spirit sermon series. You're just here this morning. You're like, oh, no, the pastor's kid is preaching. And also, like, who's the Holy Spirit? Well, if you like Jesus, like, if you're in with Jesus, like, I like the way that kids like Jesus, and I like the way that Jesus hangs out with people you're not supposed to hang out with, and I like the way he makes their lives better. Like, I like all this stuff, and I like the resurrection, and I like the life advice he gives. If you like all that, why don't you try the Holy Spirit? He's a helper of the same kind. He's not the same guy identically, but he's another of the same kind of helper that Jesus is. And then Jesus says, he's going to ask the Father. Jesus is going to ask the Father to send the Holy Spirit to people who love him and want to do well. I don't know about you, but I think that takes a lot of weight off my shoulders. If I love Jesus and I want to do well, he's the one who's got my back. He's the one who's going to ask the Father to send me the Holy Spirit. I don't know if anybody's ever done this for you, but like gone out on a limb to ask a friend like to do a favor for you. Like it looks to me like Jesus is going to do me a personal favor by taking whatever good credit he's got with the Father to try and get him to do something for me. So when I graduated college, having majored in religion, and was looking for a job, uh, I had a friend named George. George had been my headmaster in elementary and middle school, and as a personal favor to me, he called in a personal favor from a school in D.C. that needed a Latin teacher. George drove me up to D.C. He found me a place to stay for the night. He drove me to the interview. He picked me up for the interview. He drove me back from D.C. I did not get the job, but he bought me dinner anyway. (laughs) And even though I didn't have a job, what I had was somebody in my corner who was willing to put their neck out for me even when I honestly didn't perform so well. Like it didn't depend on me. It depended on George and the fact that he liked me. I don't know if you can see this in your head, but what I see is me, Jesus, the Father, and the Spirit. From my point of view, I don't have to try and get God to like me, like I don't have to bang on God's door until the Holy Spirit shows up my way. It looks like Jesus is the one banging on God's door to make the Holy Spirit come my way. From Jesus' point of view, he likes me and he likes his dad. And don't you love it when, like, people you like get to know each other? Like, Jesus is also the one trying to introduce you to the Holy Spirit. From the Father's point of view, he likes his kid, and he likes the Holy Spirit, and he likes you too. And he's just trying to get the party started. And from the Spirit's point of view, I don't you know if you know this, but since the beginning of creation, the Holy Spirit's been trying to be all over creation all the time. In the first verse of the Bible, and God began to create the heavens and the earth, the earth was formless and void, darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. The Holy Spirit just likes us, possibly because he made us, but the Holy Spirit just has this bizarre affinity for the created world. All four of us win. All three members of the Trinity win, I win, you win, we all win, because Jesus is willing to put his neck on the line to try and get his Father to send you a present that you probably couldn't coerce for yourself. It's not on you, it's on Jesus. And he's willing to do you the personal favor. So I think when Jesus introduces the Holy Spirit as a, at a party, the party that he's trying to get started with you, me, and all three members of the Trinity, he goes like this. This is my friend, the Holy Spirit. We've been friends for a real long time. Let me tell you, we go way back. And he's always the first person to help me. He's the kind of helper that helped me be the Messiah. Like I could never have done what I did if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit and uh, I'm going to ask him, if you don't mind, just to spend a little time with you. This is my friend, the Holy Spirit. He's made me who I am. And uh, the two of you will hang out. Are you two okay with that? I think that's how Jesus introduces the Holy Spirit at a party. And if you would notice, each of those rumors that I think are going around about the Holy Spirit, they don't really stand up against this text. Right? The, the idea that the Holy Spirit doesn't have a personality. Well, the Holy Spirit's a helper of the same kind as Jesus, and Jesus is very much a person. Or the Holy Spirit doesn't work here anymore. Well, evidently, the Holy Spirit's going to be with us even to the end of the age. I don't think we're there yet, although, what do I know? You know, the Holy Spirit hazes people into Christianity, and the Holy Spirit kind of bears. I, I don't know about you, but that's not what the word helper means to me. Right? The Holy Spirit's the one who I can trust to help me along. Sometimes helping hurts. Sometimes you've got to be cruel to be kind, you know? But he's always the helper. And the Holy Spirit's only for the super Christians. Again, the apostles, they're not really super Christians, man. And as soon as this chapter's done, they're going to abandon Jesus to the cross. Supposedly, Jesus knows that. He knows he'll be crucified alone, and even still... He's willing to say this to them, even though I know you're going to abandon me to a horrible death, I'm going to ask the Father to send you the Holy Spirit just because we've been together and you want to do well. I think those rumors, they don't really stand up against the Bible. They also don't stand up against my experience. If I were to introduce the Holy Spirit at a party, which honestly I've done once or twice, Goes great, people love the Holy Spirit. I introduce the Spirit like this. This is my friend, the Holy Spirit. He knows me better than I know myself. Now that's really embarrassing because I wish I knew myself well. You know what I mean? But I'm gonna be honest, I'm kind of a mystery to myself. Like as time goes on, I keep finding out things about myself and some of them I like and some of them I really don't. But if you think about it, God is closer to you than you are to yourself, and he knows you in a way you don't know yourself. So when the spirit of truth shows up, who knows you better than you know yourself, it's a different way of doing life. I'm no longer in the driver's seat of knowing myself. That's the spirit's job. Uh, I, I took a year off between college and grad school, And I wanted to start off the summer before grad school well. I was gonna go away for a little while. So I decided to go down to this cabin in the mountains of North Carolina, which is one of the creepiest places in America. Like, the mountains look haunted and wily. It's just terrifying. So I made my dad come with me in case, like, they tried to kill me down there. I wanted him to go too. And so um, we're in this little cabin, and because I'm a semi-monastic or something, I don't know, I enforced a 12-hour no-talking rule he wasn't allowed to talk to me and had to like sign to know if I thought there was milk left in the fridge. And so I was sort of praying for the morning. Well, when in, in this transitional year, God had done a lot in my life, and I felt myself freed up from a lot of stuff. And the Holy Spirit and I, we were on like super good terms. Anybody been there? Like it's a honeymoon so many years into being a Christian. It's just all clicking. And every time you sit down, the Holy Spirit shows up. Every time the Holy Spirit shows up, you're there as gangbusters. And then I met this girl, and um, we went on some dates, and now instead of, like, the most exciting part of my day, being with the Holy Spirit, it was like going to see a movie with this girl, which is vastly unexciting. I don't know why I got so into it, but over time, I kind of let seeing this person honestly replace the sense of self and identity and affirmation and love that I got from the Spirit. So that had happened for a couple months. I show up at this cabin in North Carolina. A couple hours into the day, the Holy Spirit goes nearly audibly, you have no idea how much damage you've done to yourself. And I was like, what? No. It was just a casual dating scenario. And the Spirit said, you and I both know where you get your affection and affirmation from, and you and I both know where it should come from. I don't know how this works, but if any of the wrestlers in the front row walked up to me and they're like, you don't know how much damage you've done to yourself with your romantic life, you don't know how much damage you've done to yourself with your romantic life, I'd be like, who do you think you are? Like, what do you know? But when the Spirit says it, when the Spirit goes, you don't know how much damage you've done to yourself, I can't explain it. It just feels like grace. Like, it feels like a step forward to the life I want. It feels like a kind of healing and transformation. I don't really know how that works. But I think in part, it's because the Holy Spirit knows things about me that even I don't know. So if you ask Jesus, hey, Jesus, who's that over there? He goes, this is my friend, the Holy Spirit. I'm going to send him to help you because he's helped me. And if you'd ask me, I'd just say, this is the Holy Spirit. He's my friend. And he knows me better than I know myself. If you want in on any of that, like you want to meet the Spirit, and you want to have the kind of relationship with God through God's Spirit, where you can also, at a party, introduce the Holy Spirit to other people, I know this sounds small, like real small, but why don't you try just being open in prayer? I wish I could give you something better like the 14 steps to receiving the Holy Spirit and becoming friends, or like the 50 days of fasting, at which point the Holy Spirit will definitely and necessarily show up to you. But I think the best I've got from Scripture and my own experience is just the fact that the Holy Spirit gets excited when people go looking for Him. And because He's everywhere all the time, He's pretty easy to find. So if you want this, Like, if you want an introduction to the Holy Spirit, why don't you just try praying? Make it, I don't know, 20 minutes a day for the next week. You get up in the morning, and you sit in silence, and you say into the quiet of your kitchen or your living room, where it might look like nobody else is there, Holy Spirit, if you're real, would you show up to me? Give him a little time, you'll be amazed what happens.
1: Let's take a moment. And if you're comfortable doing this, close your eyes in God's presence. And if you're comfortable, put your palms up in front of you as a sign of your surrender, but also your receptivity to God. We were challenged this morning with an introduction to the Holy Spirit that He knows you better than you know yourself. I know for some of you, that might be a terrifying thought, but it shouldn't be. God loves you. He loves you. And as you stand in God's presence, or are seated in God's presence, but your hands are open and so is your heart, I want to pray a blanket prayer over all of us. Because I can safely assume that each of us sense the call of Jesus, the call to walk with Him and to follow Him, but we sense at times we fall short. What a great sermon for us to hear, that the Holy Spirit is a helper of the same kind as Jesus would you be open to him as we pray Heavenly Father thank you for sending Jesus into this world Jesus thank you for sending the Holy Spirit from the Father so Holy Spirit we welcome you into our hearts and into our lives we turn to you as the one who knows us better than we know ourselves, the one who lives in us and lives through us. I pray a blessing over each of us this morning that we would be a group of people who are open to the third person of the Trinity, that, Holy Spirit, we would be open and receptive to you. So, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would touch every heart, that you would touch every life, and that each day, throughout this week, each day we would be open to the Holy Spirit. Let's take just a few more moments in silence to be open to the Spirit of the living God. Jesus thank you for who you are thank you that you have sent the Holy Spirit to be our helper and to be with us in this thing that we call life I pray now for those of us who are just checking out faith I pray Holy Spirit that you would draw us to the person of Jesus I pray for those of us who have journeyed with you for decades I pray that your Holy Spirit would be fresh and new to us, and that we would walk in the Spirit with a renewed sense of who the Holy Spirit is. I'm going to ask that the worship team would lead us one more time, that as the the worship team leads us, that the Holy Spirit would do a work in our hearts and in our lives. And I'll return in just a moment to give the parting blessing
2: Jesus Jesus God from God light from light you are a salvation Jesus Jesus God from God
1: And now, may the Lord bless you, may the Lord keep you, may He turn His face towards you, and may He give you His Spirit and His peace, in Jesus' name. As we conclude our time together, if you would like prayer, our Life Group leaders, along with our prayer team, will be moving along the sides. You would like prayer? Feel free to stay and worship. Feel free to go to one of those individuals for a time of prayer. But this concludes the official part of our service. Let's worship as we leave.
2: Jesus, Jesus, God from God, light from light. You are our salvation, Jesus. God, light from light, your kingdom is forever. jesus we want more of you lord spirit come your presence is all i need it's all i want it's all i see It's all I want, it's all I
3: good coming after me we thank you for your love for your sacrifice thank you for the gift of the holy spirit lord jesus we ask for your presence and your power to go with us as we leave this place we just ask for more in you each each and every day in jesus name amen